0: Who inspires you?
1: You know, it's funny. I've been inspired by lots of, I mean, inspiration is my business, right? So like from Maya Angelou and the Oprah Winfrey show, like all that stuff, like all of us. But there's only ever been one person that like inspired me to literally change my life. And that's when I was so depressed. I'd won the Olympics, cover of time line of clothing at a national department
0: that doesn't sound like depression it doesn't sound like like you wouldn't project somebody's gonna be in a depressed zone and they're feeling depressed when they've won that when they've achieved that i mean so i'm curious about that but sorry
1: i was one of the first athletes to speak about that post olympic depression so even without being gay there's a feeling of okay i've reached my dream uh now what right this really strange feeling then you layer on I'm closeted. I'm gay. People think I'm this. I'm not. Like there was this cycle in my head that just. And did it, it go dark for you? Like were you? It went really dark. Yeah, it went really dark. I for sure, for a while in my life, I was suicidal. I can't remember that anymore because it's so far away. I just didn't see any way out. I just felt like I, I, you know, I was the opposite of expanding my perspective. I was so here, I couldn't see until, I went to see this premiere of what's love got to do with it, with Tina Turner. And I literally sat there and I cried from the opening scene until the closing credit. And when she left Ike for nothing but her name, it it just became, I was like, I used to go, I, Tina, (laughs) that was my natural, I was like, I, Tina. And I decided to leave everything at the height of my fame in 1994, bought a one-way ticket to Australia and immigrated with nothing but my name and started over. So that's, so I would say Tina Turner is the, is the ultimate inspiration for me. I just watched her her documentary that's on one of the the streaming channels lately, and I, I bawled watching it again. Like, her story just is so touching.
0: Wow. Because I mean, what's so fascinating about your story is that 1992, win this gold medal, you're saying that was the start. Most people, I mean, that's the, that's the pinnacle. I mean, that's the summit. And you were saying that's just the start. And I wonder how that mindset has just served you. What can I control? What can I control? Plan for this.
1: And just taking that fundamental height of high-performance traits and just keep applying them all through life. And that's what I love. I feel blessed that I got that experience so early, but also that um, Debbie and I were able to articulate it and teach it. So I not only live it, I'm, I'm torn between living it and teaching it, but that's the beauty. And I love to see other people bring it to life. Mm. And and funny when you see other people live your stuff, they teach it back, mm. right? They interpret it different ways. I'm like, oh, I never thought of that idea from that point of view. It's really
0: fun. And I'm curious. So innovation was one of your traits, but I didn't hear bravery. And I feel like, again, when I think about 1998, there's probably a lot of brave moments in your life. I feel like, like that is freak.
1: Yeah, so a leader trait that we have is show conviction. Okay. And and I'd say the Achiever equivalent is go the distance, that's where you need to be courageous and not give up. But show conviction is where you really believe in something fundamentally to your core. And I just, I I knew that I I believed and I had to do what I had to do at that time when I came out. I was willing to lose everything, I think that was really interesting. What I didn't think about was all that I would gain, this feeling of self-peace and harmony and authenticity that people found really attractive. You know, different people at first. It wasn't maybe your typical corporate world, but work always came and then it started to become, you know, because I was kind of a pioneer. Talking about this in 1998 yeah. looked incredibly brave in 2008 when suddenly the corporate world started to yeah. talk much more about diversity and equity and inclusion. Yeah. and even to this day, that I those conversations still in and age. Day, I mean, and in sport, it's, it's still incredible. absolutely yeah. But there's there's a couple generations now. That's what I love. I've got like kids that are 16 or 18 today saying thank you, Mark, and I feel like a proud grandparent. It's like wow, that was so worth doing. It was hard at the time, but
0: it paid dividends. So if you think about that, that young person who, whether they're an athlete or they're just in that spot, uh, I'm, I'm showing one thing to the world and it doesn't feel authentic. Like, what do you ask? What do you, what do you say to that person? I mean, what's your, how do you help somebody in that spot?
1: So you know, one of the most important leadership traits I think is to be open, to be like kind of able to do what's right in any situation, to be agile. To do that, to start to be able to do that, you have to obviously be able to take a step in other people's shoes, have some empathy. So I always, when somebody's struggling, like, first of all, I remember being there. Everyone's got their own time frame, their own journey. I do what I can and try to support, but I'm never judgmental. You know, I think that it's a, such a unique personal thing. I know people still there, maybe what we would think are superstar athletes still not comfortable to talk about that part of their lives and that's fair you know they've had to probably take on so many fights in other places i I took that one on i'll take that one for the team but um yeah i'll do whatever i can to help people for sure there's no there's no one thing to tell someone Mm. that's i guess my Mm. answer right it's it's listening it's figuring out the circumstance and then offering whatever support i can i've had some instances that were so adorable that it was like I was Debbie, like when I came out to Debbie, Debbie did this thing, and then i have been in that situation, I'm like, oh my god, I'm Debbie now, as this athlete's coming out yeah, today, yeah. like I can't believe, yeah. like this is the cycle of life.
0: Yeah, and I think, you know, for those who watch this, we've got people who watch all around the world, they're not going to win a gold medal in swimming, I mean, that's just not their their trajectory, but they use their voice to create change, I mean, there, there'll be a lot of people who are saying like, that's me, I don't know where to start. What would you say to that person who wants to have an impact with their voice, mm-hmm. authentically? What would you say to that person?
1: You know, it, activism, I think we can think it, it's huge and organizing a march or being part of something, a movement. And it can be that. It can also be speaking up for a, a wrong that you speak, speaking up for somebody, being an ally for somebody that you know maybe can't find their voice, but you can help speak for them. Showing goodwill, you know, treating maybe that person that you see homeless as a human being and taking a minute to look in their eyes and show some empathy. Find something that you care about and give $20 a month. Volunteer if you have no money for something that you care about. All of these things are just three times a week, half an hour, an hour. Go be a coach at Special Olympics. Like, there's so many things we can do and... I just started doing those little things and then amazingly over 35 years all of those accumulate accumulate into some pretty big accomplishments but it didn't start that way it just started from speaking out and you know doing little acts of kindness and so that's how I remind
0: people mm-hmm. about
1: that want to make a difference I think sometimes people wait to find the thing or the moment and it you just got to start
0: I mean it sounds like those those like small steps on the humanitarian side scale, just like they do on the performance side. We were talking about, you know, there was just things we did and we kept doing them and then something happened.
1: Incremental, incremental. So I want to share something from that. You know, there's an idea that Debbie gave me, my coach, that was so fundamental to being a high performer. You can't be a high performer. You can't accomplish, you can't be your best if you're afraid to try new things or do things differently or make a mistake because you have to fail. And I came from a very like command and control, win or lose, succeed or fail, all or nothing, black and white, because it was timed. Debbie came from synchronized swimming, very nuanced. Synchronized swimming, you know, eight women start together, not in sync, and over a year, incrementally, they find their way to perfection. It's never going to start perfect, but they'll get there. And so the very first time I worked out with Debbie, this horrible thing happened. She tied a ten-pound, uh, a ten-pound weight, plunged me into the deep end of the pool. This oh, was a dolphin stand up and I couldn't do it. And you know, I, I, nothing happened. The lifeguard was there, and I undid the band and made it up and gasped for air when, as I was running out. And she was like, "Okay, you're even worse than I thought." But this is a great thing, she said. I thought you had a starting point you didn't have, Mark. There's no failure, only feedback. We only fail if we don't listen to the feedback. So now we got the feedback. Now we're going to revise according to that and take our next step. She called it the AER principle act, evaluate, revise. She said, as long as we do that this year, we can't, we, we will be fine. And that's how I dropped 1.2 seconds. It was from trying and incremental and adapting and every day being open to the next step. If I'd waited to find the perfect pattern, I would have never got there. I would have got to the Olympics, so I'm exactly at the same time, and wondered why I couldn't figure it out. So it was magical. And I think that that attitude has given me the courage to try things, and sure, I'll make a mistake, but I'm, I can live with it. One of our traits is have humility. You know, admit your mistakes and move on, and I think it's healthy. It's healthy to kind of every once in a while misstep and have to reevaluate. Mm.
0: So all this wisdom you've been accumulating for years of doing all sorts of things at a high level, I'm going to ask the question that every 20 year old's wanting me to ask right now. What would you have told yourself at 20 years old? What's your advice to 20-year-olds?
1: How <laughs> oh, to 20-year-olds? Oh, my God. To myself, funny that you... Like, when I think of when I was 20, it was like, maybe all 20-year-olds would go through. It's a, it's a difficult time. I was kind of becoming a man, growing up, Here on mm. a teenager. I had my first Olympics. I felt like it wasn't as how it went. is It didn't go as I wanted. I had a silver medal, but I felt like I was kind of the weakest part on the team that got pulled to it. Um, Ben Johnson versus Carl Lewis was like the biggest race in the history of the world until the Olympics, 1988 Seoul. Ben Johnson, the Canadian, won, beat Carl Lewis, the American, and then got tested positive for steroids. And so there was this dark cloud over the Olympics. I remember coming back to Canada and Thankfully, I took a like, weekend-long Toastmasters class that somebody wanted me to take through the Alberta Sport Council, and I wasn't that good, honest to God, but I then started to speak to school kids. I spoke to 60,000 kids for free, and I shared the Olympic story, and and I talked myself back into something. So I would tell 20-year-old Mark, start talking and share your story because it's going to change your life. I don't think that's what every 20-year-old needs to hear, but for some reason what was about to happen was exactly what I needed. Mm. So every 20-year-old, I don't know, I mean, I think it's really important if you're thinking about leadership, you know, it starts by leading yourself and that's probably an age where we're able to take responsibility where we maybe have a framework of somebody, a coach or a teacher or someone helping us figure out the decisions we should make. But I think around 20 is the time where you take the lead in your own life, decide the goal for yourself, hold yourself accountable, build the support team that you need around you and start to figure out what it is to lead.